to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going well, David. I'm ready for a noon kickoff. I know, our first one of the year. I know that you're more excited for that than, than anything I've seen from you all, all season. <laughs> for, you mean more excited for... For this new, to just have to, yeah, to not be right up on deadline. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love, I love that idea. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Yeah, and it, I mean, it should be a, a pretty good game too. I think we will get kind of, we'll do a little preview-ish type stuff kind of later on. Um, but first, I think we got to start with. It's kind of been the topic all week, uh, talking to coaches, talking to players. Um, Miami, of course, this is the first time we're recording since the Clemson game. A pretty ugly, what was it, 42 to 17 loss, I think was the yeah. final. Um, yep. And, yeah, honestly, it wasn't, it was probably, the score might have been closer than uh, the game. The, or the score, in it was not as close as the score might have indicated. Uh, Clemson pretty thoroughly dominated. Um, and it sets Miami up in a position now where, um, yeah, I think it went worse than, than maybe we expected, maybe a lot of people expected, maybe the team expected. Um, so it sets Miami up now in a spot where um, they've got to get back up pretty quickly. They've got uh, a pretty good pit team coming in, really good defense. Um, they were ranked a, a couple of weeks back, and they've lost a couple in a row since, though. So they keep saying, you know, they, they say all the right things. They say the things they say every year that, you know, we feel like this team is different. We feel um, like one loss isn't going to cause things to spiral. Um, as you literally just noted right before we started recording, like, you know, it's not like they've never won after a loss. Um, but there have obviously been instances, some very notable instances of it. Instances of it. Um, obviously, most notably last year, they lose to FIU and it starts a three-game losing streak with two losses to Conference USA teams to end the year. Um, yeah, I think everyone probably still thinks of 2017 when the pit loss triggers a three-game losing streak to end the season um, with pretty embarrassing losses to Clemson. And I guess that Wisconsin Orange Bowl wasn't embarrassing. It was ugly, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, actually, actually, in looking at, you know, the 2019 game, say, you know, that they, they, they won. That was their best game of the season, Louisville. And then they lost, you know, three in a row. Right. So, and... and uh, anyway, the, the the idea of what I'm saying is basically Miami's saying, you know, we're not going to let that Clemson loss go down. Um, this is their week to, to prove that, you know, they, there might not be – Miami might not be back, as, as I said to you, but, but um, they can prove that they're not bad. They can prove that they're still um, – you know, they're, they're still they're still number what thirteen in the country right now. Like they should take care of business against Pitt at home if you're actually yeah. the number thirteen team in the country. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's a matter of being not bad. I, I mean, I think they can prove they're good, but yeah. it sure didn't look that way against Clemson. I I know Clemson. I definitely expected Miami to do better. Yeah. Um, you know, especially offensively. Um, and uh, they just they couldn't do anything. They were pretty inept, as Rhett Lashley said. So, um, yeah, this will be a big test. I mean, all the players, 
say they're different. I sense that they are different. Yeah. I sense because of D.R. King. Um, D.R. King's leadership, the whole team is reflects that. Um, but we say this every week. We don't, we don't see them. So we right. don't really know, but you sure get that sense that, um, you know, that, 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 they have a leader now, and and that they're 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 going to be more focused than they were last year when we heard a lot of kids were partying and stuff like that, and it got out of hand. Yeah. Well, and they also just can't do that, right? Like, assuming you know, based on the fact that Miami has done a good job of controlling uh, the coronavirus within the team, yeah, good. Um, it seems to indicate they are like taking the the you know the as Manny Diaz said yesterday. Um, they don't have like a strict guy, you know. They don't say like you cannot go to a restaurant or you will like get suspended. But they right. they really strongly suggest that guys be cautious. Um, and clearly, they are. It seems like they're following um, the guidelines Miami has put forth, which which seems like an indication that you know they're taking this seriously. I think they all. So just, I agree. Yeah. When, when Derek King shows up, um, yeah. and you, you know, I'm sure just those couple spring practices. Um, you get to watch with you know, or get to p- participate in with him. You get the feeling like, oh, we might be like this is a year. I mean, every year Miami comes in basically expecting like we should be the best team in the coastal. Um, but you know, they haven't had a, a they haven't had a player like De'Aaron King in in quite a few years, and just having that guy, I'm sure like. And as we noted, they're they're an older team, right? They they've started a lot of freshmen and sophomores over the last couple of years. Um, right now, I think they only start to sophomore. I mean, it, the the left tackle spot's been rotating, but they start at most two underclassmen right now. Is Jakai Clark and Zion Nelson? I think everyone else basically is um, an upperclassman in the usual starting lineup. So, like that stuff all matters, and and that's those those are definitely the reasons for optimism of why um, yeah. it's not the same old Miami. Definitely, and I think the that like we're saying those older kids and the leaders um, are, are, they're getting on each other, I have yeah. a feeling. You know? They're, they're Hopefully they're getting on each other and not letting each other do do things they shouldn't do um, in between games. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, the thing is, Pitt is a good team. You know, everybody sees the 3-2 record, and you know, I just, I just five minutes ago posted a story um, my my advance for the game on how Pitt just lost back to back one point games yeah. and no, I, you know most people I talk to no one's ever heard of that back to back one point games. Yeah. I know Pitt, and Boston College is pretty good. Who they lost to? Um, on Boston College, yeah. And then uh, and and Saturday. just the way they lost the last game, you know their their kicker Pitt's kicker kicks a fifty eight yard field goal fifty eight and that puts them into overtime. I mean, think how exhilarating that had to be oh, on the road at Boston College. And then they score, um, I guess BC scores, uh, you know, gets the extra point, and then Pitt goes, if I have the right order, it's Pitt's turn. They score, and they and they they miss the extra point. It's amazing. Yeah. They miss the extra point. And the kid who just kicked a 58 or a field goal, now if that isn't <laughs> enough to press you for a week. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's tough. And then the game before that against North.
South Carolina State, I think they were favored by a lot. They also Yeah, NC State not particularly good, I don't think. Although they, they made a pretty good record now. Yeah. Pitt also lost um, by one point. Yep. You know, it's really got to be tough two in a row. So Miami at least could say they played the number one team in the nation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Miami's playing at home. Miami's playing at noon. Um, so... Uh, that, you know, Pittsburgh's got to be pretty cool by now. i got to start looking at the weather reports. I love my weather. But, um, yeah, that's it's got to help Miami out, I would think. Yeah. Um, Pitt, it should, we should note, they beat uh, Louisville. Obviously, it's like the common opponent there. That was I think that was a, be- a meeting between ranked teams at the time. Obviously, like as you mentioned, Pitt has lost two one-point games since. Um, but yeah, so Pitt certainly like not a pushover. Maybe the toughest team left. I guess Miami closes with UNC, but I'd probably put you know UNC Pitt are probably the two toughest teams left on the schedule, um, other than you know obviously a bowl or, or a potential ACC championship game. Um, so yeah, this is. I, I think it. You know, we talked about it a little bit last week coming into the Clemson game that like. Because obviously the the bye coming off the bye weeks now it's well, however many straight losses for for Miami four straight losses I guess if you include the bowl game last year, um, but it was like hard, you, know, you couldn't just, you couldn't just it was impossible like you can't just lump Clemson into that like Clemson was so much better. Um, this is a chance though to to you know I, Miami if they start slow on Saturday and go down fourteen to three then. You know there'll be maybe not the veteran guys, and the veteran guys will do all they can to be like, all right, we're, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. But you have to know it'll like start creeping into to people's heads again. Um, but I, I mean, I kind of expect Miami to uh, come out pretty strong. But that pit defense is good. Like this could be a defensive struggle, um, oh, which really good. which yeah. Miami has not really played a defensive struggle game yet. Um, you know, the obviously Louisville they won, they gave up a lot of points in that game and outscored Louisville. Um, Florida State, I guess the defense was good, but that was just a blowout all around. And then um, UAB, they gave up, I think, I don't remember what the final score of that game was, but, you know, it's not like they've had a game that they won like 20 to 14 yet. And I don't know that um, that's going to be what Miami has to do against Pitt. They might, um, you know, they, they should be able to score more than 20 points. But they, think, it might have to be a low-scoring game for them to win this. Right. I, well, I just – they're still kind of surprising to me. Although, well, uh, not now. now. Now that I think about it, there, UM, uh, UM is, is favored by about 13.5 points, the point mm-hmm. spread right now. And I thought uh, maybe it would be less because of Brevin Jordan, UM tight end, who's yeah. questionable, which to me means he probably won't play. That's just my guess. Uh, we'll see. Um, unless, I don't know. Unless Manny is trying to pull something, I doubt it. Um, he looked like he was really hurt, right? Like his shoulder yeah. left. Um, and but then I realized that Kenny Pickett, the the uh, Pitt quarterback, quarterback yeah. for Pitt, who is, is like tormented <laughs> Miami over the last. Is, wasn't his first career start that um, 2017 yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah, and then he went. But the, but he has an injured ankle, or he did in Boston College. He injured it pretty, pretty badly, and he's he's a very tough kid. And he he finished out the game. And of course, 
Pat Narduzzi, their coach, is not saying uh, who's going to start. I mean, UM expects. Um, yeah, Bubba Bolden said they're just straight up like they have not really thought about other quarterbacks. So and, they're really banking on him starting. And, I, and I, I mean, that would be shocking. If I, I mean, that kid really wouldn't be able to go yeah. if, if they don't play him because I know that Kenny Pickett wants to play. It'll be his last game against Miami, and he's he's a veteran, and he has pretty good numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, even bigger than the letdown stuff, which I think, like, you know, I know it kind of sounds cliche to talk about, but it is, like, something you kind of have to talk about with Miami at this point because that stuff, like you said, like, behind the yeah. scenes, it was not great the last couple of years. Definitely, uh, and that's coming up, right? Not, well, not yet, but in a couple of weeks, I think it's coming up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But the bigger issue, I think, is did Clemson basically figure out how to shut down this Miami team? Um, we saw, and Pitt, Pitt just naturally, you know, their their philosophies are to do a lot of the same things that Brent Venables was doing um, with yep. the Clemson defense, stacking the box, uh, trying to meet, make – the team beat you one-on-one on on the outside and, and, you know, Clemson is a lot more talent than Pitt. Um, But, you know, Pitt does have like NFL level defensive linemen, Patrick Jones, their star defensive end. Um, They've got a a really good safety in Paris Ford, who I want to say was like a top 50 recruit coming out of high school. Um, He's like from Pittsburgh. So he stayed home. So they've got like defensive talent. It's obviously not the depth that Clemson does where they've got basically like, eight guys at that talent level. Um, but, you know, it's still going to be – they're going to get pressure on De'Ara King, I'm sure. Um, and they're going to have to create something on the outside because they just could not against Clemson. Yeah, they they absolutely are. And Pitt does have their, – their two defensive ends, one of them went to Cooper City High. Yep. Uh, they're 6'5", 270. I think it's 6'5", 260. Uh, I think it was Rashad Weaver. Yeah, Rashad Weaver. Yep, that's right. Patrick Jones is their other one, who's a uh, Virginia kid. Yeah. Uh, I think. think Uh, It's like 757. Yeah, it's that, like, DMV. Yeah, but but anyway, one of the Weaver, the kid who went to Cooper City High, already has seven tackles for a loss. He has four and a half sacks. He has two forced fumbles. Um, and the Jones has seven sacks already. Yeah. So um, and yeah, so they're they're really good. And then you talked about the safety, uh, Paris Ford, um, and they'll try to do what Clemson did. Yeah. Right. And they can do it up front, definitely. Like they like you mentioned those two defensive ends. Like they're gonna get to Eric a little bit. Miami might have to bring extra protection. Um, you know, they're gonna ask yeah. Cam Harris to block a lot. Um, but Clemson, I think Clemson probably has more talent out in the secondary just when, you know, not a lot of guys have, those guys are hard to find, those guys with that combination of length and, and speed um, that, that schools like Clemson and Alabama and Georgia and LSU just, like, just load up on. Like, not even Miami gets, like, that type of uh, cornerback as regularly. Uh-huh. Uh, so the, it should not be as challenging for the wide receivers, but those wide receivers – you know, they just oh. haven't won a lot of one-on-one battles, as as Rhett Lashley pointed out. Um, the vat, you know, Revan Jordan's the team's leading receiver in every major category. He leads the team in catches, exactly. yards, touchdowns. Um, 
you know, they have not hit on a ton of deep balls to the wide receivers. There was, you know, a couple against Florida State. Um, and even against Louisville, the, the big ones they had, you know, one was to Jalen Knighton. Um, you know, none of those were like the guy had to win a one-on-one catch down the field or create separation. Like, it was, it was breakdowns. Um, we haven't seen Miami do a lot of damage on the sidelines, obviously. Um, no. I think Mike Harley has probably been the most productive wide receiver, and, you know, most of his stuff has been stuff across the middle that's, you know, you don't get a lot of yards after the catch after that. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to – one of the, either – we talked about it before the Clemson game, that one of those guys was going to have to step up, um, or Brevin was going to have a monster game. Now, obviously, Brevin is maybe out of the equation. Um, it puts even more pressure on those guys on the outside who, who have not yet. None of them have really had, like, that big monster game yet. Um, and you, nope. I mean, you do have to and wonder, I- do they have that in them? You know, they're all – fine right like they're all if they were your number three receiver you'd be fine but you can't run out three of those guys yeah i i don't know i think they're they're gonna have a not only i think they're gonna have a lot of pressure on them psychologically also i know sounds funny but you know people all week have been down on this social media and you you can't tell me those kids don't look at social media i mean they've been criticized lambasted you know, I yep. put down by the fans and um, and written about from by the media because yeah, they and haven't they haven't produced through they haven't come through you know and um, and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them and so the question is you know how does Rob Likens and 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 Rhett Lashley get them to improve without like getting into their head too much, you know, when, when they go out there, they might be tr- trying too hard, you know, mm-hmm. and um, which is something they kind of did last game, right? That's what Manny said. Yeah. Um, well, he didn't single out do- anyone, but yeah, he said people across the field were trying to do too much, basically. I just, but David, I just really hope that Dear King, like he's the one, I hope he doesn't try to do too much because if he starts, you know, I hope he doesn't, put it too close to a lot of, you know, defenders yeah, well, and stuff like that. I mean, the X factor in all this, I mean, and the, and the other way that Miami could win this game is just, you know, they didn't run for anything against Clemson. Uh, the running backs they didn't run. run for anything. Like, literally, yeah. like, they, I think, late in the game had not, like, nine carries for one yard. Like, they literally ran for nothing <laughs> until garbage time. I, um, I, you know, really, those guys could be better this week. Like, you know. As good as, you know, we said Pitt's going to stack the box. They have really good defensive ends. They're just not as good right. as Clemson. Like, Miami is almost certainly going to have a better game running the ball, and that has been their identity this year, um, you know, as well as they've thrown it against um, Louisville and even against Florida State. The backbone of everything has been Cam Harris, who's, you know, basically been the team's most productive offensive player other than Derrick King, maybe even including Derrick King, just when you look at the touchdowns he's uh, accounted for. Um, you know, those guys, he's going to be better. Like, almost certainly he's going to have a better game than he did against Clemson. The two freshmen who were basically non-existent against Clemson, they're going to have better games. Um, and, I mean, the, the X factor they have is Miami looked at their best against Clemson. Like, whenever, when all else failed... They had the D.R. King runs. Um, and obviously you don't want to run D.R. King 25 times a game. But that, that's still like a move they have that they have not 
totally unleashed. You know, he's obviously scrambled really well this year. I think the vast, vast majority of his carries have been scrambles. I think you could probably still count on, you know, one hand, maybe like six, seven fingers, uh, the amount of times that they've called designed runs for him. Um, so we just we just still haven't seen that. We haven't seen that move that they have available that I think, I think can single-handedly yeah. win them some games. And I know they don't want to. You know, they don't want to make De'Aaron carry the ball 25 times a game, risk injury. Um, and he's you know they've been able to win without doing it for the most part. And they weren't going to beat Clemson even if they did that. Um, but that's still a move when all else fails on offense. You can basically just say, hey, we have one of the five, six, seven best quarterbacks in the country. Let's just let him do his thing. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, I, I, I think... Yeah, well, I mean, they opened the game. It's notable. It's kind of funny that Rhett Lashley mentioned this uh, when he was asked about the sacks on Saturday. The first play of the game was a sack. And actually, in the moment, I was like, that's not a sack. That was a designed run. It was a read option that got blown up um, right right at the handoff, and and D.R. King never got to take off and run. Like, literally the first play of the game that Miami called was a – uh, read option slash design run for Derek King. So they wanted to establish that clearly. Yeah, they did. No, they did. On the other side of the ball, um, I think, you know, I think that Pittsburgh, they've got to try to get Bubba Bolden out of, out of there, kind of, you know, take him out of the game. Yeah. So, um, should be interesting too, uh, because you know Miami's having problems with their safeties. Just, yeah, than, uh, just with all of them getting the suspended. Ball. And their and their striker. I guess I could say strikers, right? Keontra Smith. Yeah, Keontra will miss the first half. The safeties will all be intact, right? Yeah. Yeah, the safeties. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, the safeties will be. I was thinking of Keontra. Yes. Yeah. But still, um, <laughs> yeah. You've got to you've got to think that Amari Carter <laughs> is to be really careful. Do you agree? This yeah. game. I mean, just I, the odds. Like at this point, have they finished a game with all three safeties available yet this year, or have they played a full game with all three safeties available yet this year? I am actually like I actually don't think so. Between Amari, how many times has he been ejected? Twice. Twice, I think. And right? he obviously, Twice. yeah, and he obviously Please. had to miss the first half of the Clemson game. Um. So, like, that's three out of four games where you've been at less than full strength no, in your safety. Career. No, no, that wasn't Amari. It was Gervin who missed this. Oh, sorry, it was Gervin. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but Amari, 
Amari, uh, Amari got ejected in the, in the first, first half. half so yeah. The whole guy. I almost, I swear, I almost think it's better when you get ejected in the first half. What do you think? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends, right? Like, if it was, like, against UAB or whatever, and you just know you're going to win that game, then, yeah. But the Clemson game, you're basically screwed from the jump. When either that way. I, exactly. I mean, you're probably That's screwed either I, way. But, like, I mean, especially when they were missing Gervin and Amari and Brian Balaam is out there trying to cover Travis Etienne sometimes. Like, that's just hopeless. <laughs> one of his yeah, long I touchdowns was he burned Balaam, or one of his long third down conversions. Yeah, well, I, I think the uh, the, co- the UM coaches had their hands full this week. Yeah. In a lot of, in a lot of different ways, you know, how to get, how to get these guys not be worried the defensive coaches mm-hmm. you know hard but don't be worried about this and that but yet they're getting a lot of targeting calls yeah. on them um you know yeah the other the other i think thing that we learned from that clemson game is it's just a reminder kind of the relatively thin margin for air miami has played with a little bit this year like you know they entered the game i think top 15 both in third down defense and third down offense. Maybe not defense. I don't remember. But definitely entered the game top 15 in third down offense. Um, you know, right. They faced a lot of third downs this year. They've converted pretty, you know, not all of them, but a, a really significant portion of them. And I think they were like top five in fourth down conversion rate and maybe even led the nation in fourth down conversions. Um, right. So – you know, Miami has faced a lot of second and eights this year, which, you know, is not ideal. And third and sixes, which are not, you know, ideal downs. And Derek has just been so good um, that he's yep. either scrambled for those yards he needs or that's kind of been the one thing the receivers have been good at. You know, none of them are averaging a ton of yards per catch because they're not breaking these long, uh, these long plays in space. They're not – catching deep balls, but they've been pretty good at, like, catching those, like, eight-yard curls. Like, just get that eight-yard catch. Um, and that, you, I mean, if that's what you can do, like, maybe that, maybe Miami feels that a, that's a strength. Like, maybe they know they can play that sort of efficiency game. Um, and obviously it worked through three games. They put up huge numbers. You know, some people might say that's not sustainable. Um, but, again, maybe Miami, like, feels like they're – especially when they know that the fourth and three, they feel good about going for it on. You can kind of manage the down a little bit differently and play for those third and sixes a little bit more. Um, but against Clemson, I mean, they were second and 11 pretty regularly, you know, first and 15 with a false start third and eight, like those, it just becomes a, that much tougher. Um, and Miami was not, a, you know, they were punt, they were going three and out a lot and that's not what, a tempo Rhett Lashley offense is built to do. And then on the other end, Clemson, I think went six for eight on their first eight first downs on their first eight third downs. One of the ones they didn't, one of the ones they didn't convert. They got the fourth down play. Um, And one of the other ones they didn't convert. They was a drop that would have been a touchdown. Yeah. Trevor just, he didn't really miss. And yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they'll go out there Saturday and say, wow, this, this is a lot easier than I thought. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like swinging with the weight on the bat in the on-deck circle. <laughs> yeah. I just I just uh, looked up the weather, by the way. Uh, and it said sure overcast. Hot. 
85 degrees. Oh. Hot so, and humid, I bet. Uh, probably. Yeah. I'm looking. I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking up Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, Pittsburgh's pretty warm today. Wow, it's 73 degrees now. I bet that feels great right now. Or 73 in Pittsburgh sounds great. In early October, yeah. mid-October. Yeah, absolutely. At night, it gets in the 50s there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, maybe it'll help. Maybe that'll help Miami a little. I know that sounds funny, but um, the sun's going to be really strong. And, uh, well, you want practices in the morning. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I mean, think of the fa- you know how fast you are running. Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's not. It's not like a secret that Miami's goal is to wear you down. Like they're pretty open about that's why you want to run a lot of plays. We, they make mistakes late in the game, and obviously, uh, you know, it's the same way. Like um, some coaches who play in domes, obviously more in the NFL, it, you you kind of feel like you can do that. You know, throw sixty passes a game, like you know, the Saints. Um, uh-huh. It's Miami's home field advantage, right? Is that they're more theoretically they're in better shape than you, or at least better equipped to play in that heat. And the tempo is a way to play into that advantage. And they haven't, oh, for sure. And they certainly haven't played in the heat lately. Yeah, yeah, like you said, right? first, first day game I mean, of the year. Yep. And and the next, no, we have the the, the next game is uh, back at night, right? It's at night, eight p.m. against Virginia. They announced October twenty fourth at Hard Rock. So, uh, and then the next one after that's already announced for seven thirty p.m. Oh, they have an open week. That's when we'll do our podcast that says, "Will this be the sixth yeah. uh, open week in a row?" They've had five. Well, smart. They, you're right. They had four regular season open. Oh, am I doing this right? Yeah, four four open weeks. Where they didn't play games, and then and then also the bowl game, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. So well, last last year they started at Florida, August twenty fourth, and they um, that game was moved back, right? Yeah, so that they they skipped a week yep. in between North Carolina. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah, they had the extra because the week zero game. Um. So what do you think? Do, do you think Miami? Uh, I don't want to make you make a prediction, but how, how, what's your confidence meter at for this game? Um, confidence meter for Miami is at, <laughs> I, I would say, uh, 75%. That's pretty good. That's about as high as I think you could ask for right now, right? Like, there's obviously, there's, there's question marks. We, we knew there were question marks even before, I think, the Clemson game, and Clemson, you know, a team like Clemson has a way of exposing it, um, but it's a lot easier to, you know, it's it's a lot easier to put together a game plan that works when you have Clemson's talent. You know, I'm sure Pitt sees that and they're like, ooh, that's a good game plan to, to shut down this Miami offense, but um, it's not as easy. It's a lot easier said than done when you're uh, Pitt as compared to Clemson. I think what's, with, your com- what's your confidence percentage? I think with Brevin, with Brevin, it's, you know, probably in that, like, 75, 80, like, you know, they'll – you figure it out at that point, right? Like, you're, you've got the talent edge everywhere, and you've got at least the one go-to receiver um, with Brevin who uh, – you know, he was the leading yeah. receiver in that Clemson game when he went down. You know, I know it was only three catches for 30-some yards, but um, 
like they barely were on the field offensively. Like Revan was good in that game. They were they were getting him involved. He was prob- on his way to probably a 70, 80 yard game um, against you know in a in a blowout loss where you just did not run a lot of plays. Uh, you know, if he's out there, Miami knows they have to get him involved. And I think Will Mallory, we haven't really seen him unleashed yet this year. Um, I guess, you know, we heard he was dealing with an injury in the Florida yeah, State game. True. Um, true. I I just trust Brevin a little bit more than I trust Will Mallory. Um, but I think if, if Brevin is available or Will Mallory is, is fully healthy, then I think Miami takes care of business. If not, I'm probably a little lower than you just because I, I kind of like this pit defense. Um, and I think yeah. there is that risk of Miami getting frustrated and not, not frustrated be just like in like the way that we were talking about at the beginning where some of these teams of the years past uh, maybe weren't mature enough to handle adversity. I just think frustrated and like, you know, the offense had been humming for a month and then it stunk <laughs> against Clemson. And if it stinks again for a couple quarters, like that's just frustrating. Um, so maybe, I think there is that maybe. risk. Maybe it was humming because um, because some of the teams we thought were better aren't as good as yeah, we Yeah, I mean, Louisville has not exactly been great since that Miami game. As you, I mean, I, you know. Um, Florida State's terrible. Like, we knew Florida State was terrible. That was, I mean, it was a bigger blowout than we expected, but we expected Miami to kind of handle them. Um, but we thought Louisville would be a right. good game. Right, that was the signature win, and Louisville since that game has just – not, have they won since that game? I don't think so, right? They lost on Friday, I think. Um, I'm pulling yeah, up their schedule. Yeah, they lost at Pitt and they lost at Georgia. They got killed by Georgia Tech, who's not a good team. Like that was the signature win, and you know they're one and three now. So, um, yeah, it's it's a little bit. Um, yeah, this is like I said, this is probably the behind Clemson. This is the second or third best team you're going to play all year. Probably the third um, behind UNC also. But, we'll see. I, their coach was right. Narduzzi said this week we're like two plays from, for sure, one play from being uh, four and one. Yep. And um, well, well, that's not true. Yeah, because that game would have kept going. But yeah, I mean, they could e- they could easily be four and zero, oh, or whatever, five and zero. Oh. Yeah, they could easily. They could be five and zero. Oh, but yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's and that's the, the margin. Game. I mean, that tends. I know it's not the coastal division anymore, but. Um, that tends to be what happens in the Coastal Division, right? Like someone wins that division by winning a bunch of close games against teams they should probably beat. Um, I mean, that's how Miami got to the ACC Championship in 2017. Like that blueprint is pretty common in the ACC. Um, yep. And Miami, you know, the hope obviously is Miami is above that now and they can just beat this pit team and go on their way and then beat Virginia and cruise through the rest of the schedule until it gets tough again. Uh, yeah, but UNC, I don't believe but, that's ever going to happen. Yeah. I don't believe Miami. It's a, exactly. It's like you got to prove it to me first. I think that's how most Miami fans feel. Um, I think even going into, you know, even at three and zero with those three impressive wins, I, I I think everyone was like, "Give me another month before I can really tell you what this team is," because you know we've seen it the last. I mean, you've seen it for the last decade, basically. Um, I've seen it the last couple of years that. Uh, it can look great one moment and be terrible three weeks later. So um, this is a chance for Miami to at least, uh, I think, instill a little bit more confidence. And I think a win here would be, um, you know, that extra bit of confidence would be deserved. Yeah, and, and, and you know, 
conversely, if they, if they lose, oh my God, I don't even want to go on Twitter. I, you know, it, it'll be bad. If they lose, it'll, I'm already hearing from fans, you know, with the emails. Yeah. I think the, uh, the, the Clemson panic is a little premature, but like I said, there are signs that, um, you know, Clemson, like I said, Clemson laid out a blueprint, um, but not everyone can execute a blueprint in college basketball. Everyone kind of knows what you're supposed to do to beat a team in college football. Or I think I said college basketball. In college football. Um, you, were, you were thinking of the Eric King's quote about yeah. the three points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, Miami should still have the talent edge, and, and it makes it tougher to execute a game plan. So um, now that the, the, the blueprint is out, Miami has to respond, right? It's a, it's a game of adjustments. And this is the first time we're really seeing having to see uh, Rhett Lashley and De'Ara King adjust to a team, uh, figuring out how to slow them down. Yeah, uh, it, it, another interesting job for Rhett Lashley, who yep. was clearly very upset about the Clemson game and went on and on and on. So uh, I think he's really, uh, he's, I mean, he's already intense. Yeah, I can only imagine his preparation for this week. Yeah, and what they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. Like I'm sure that Brett Lashley is going in with that mindset this week, where uh, yeah, you know, but the stuff they, the stuff they did doing, didn't work. They're not going to keep doing it. Yeah, but you, uh, agree. But it, like his offense, the whole thing about that UM offense is that it's really simple. Yep, and um, they don't have to think a lot. They just do it do the same thing over and over and over and he's said multiple times that he doesn't he doesn't want to do anything fancy or change anything yeah well i just mean i mean we've seen him run do different stuff right like we talked about it earlier with against uab they run the ball a million times against louisville they throw the ball a million times like right against clemson just neither of those things were working um right so they'll have some I don't know what you wanted to close with, but we should also uh, we should also talk a little bit about special teams. Oh yeah, because I really think um, it's like an X factor, I, right? What? It's an X factor. Yeah, as in Xavier. Oh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, he you wasn't know, great like, back there either, but everything but punt return has been like best in the country level, good basically. Yeah, I mean, they need a punt returner. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I when it gets to the point where every punt... Well, I think every, it's worth... No, we, we've seen Gervin Hall back there as kind of like the sure-handed guy, like when you're like, we just need to catch this. We don't want to take a risk of anything. And obviously his suspension, I'm sure, prevented that from being um, a, like a really available option um, I just, against Clemson, I so... Yeah, I, I mean... Jonathan Patkey, who's a great guy, mm-hmm. the, right? With the outside linebackers and special teams. Yep. I, he, um, you know, he was kind of, I think, spinning it a lot on Xavier and stuff. I, I get really nervous for any team that has true freshmen. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. Uh, true freshmen or young guys returning putts. Yep. Because. They invariably, invariably try to do too much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I always 
would prefer the older, more mature, even if the kid's a little slower, the one that you, you can, you don't have to like start sweating every time the ball's approaching their hands. Um, they make the right decision. So, I mean, UM needs to, and Mark Pope, I don't think is the guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do there. Yep. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Um, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. As she mentioned, she has the preview for uh, this week's game um, online already, so you guys can check that out um, at MiamiHerald.com or in the Friday paper. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, I, I kind of had a quiet week after being all in on the heat for a while. Um <laughs> Now it's all football. I've got a story coming about De'Ara King trying to bounce back from um, the uh, his, what he called maybe the worst performance of his college career, which um, kind of goes to show you some of the uh, the lofty standards he set. Because you know he was bad passing, but he was still ran for like ninety yards. So um, I'm sure he he'll uh, be better this weekend and. I uh, got some insights about his mindset, uh, both from him and from his high school coach. So I'll have a story on that um, probably by the time you guys are listening. That will be up. So um, thanks, as Great. always, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully after a win, right? <laughs>